Welcome to the Faith to Change Your World broadcast with Brother Chidi Aiko. Revelation chapter 5 from verse 1. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the back side sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven, nor in earth, nor under, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, had prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and of the and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came, and he took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them herbs and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. So every prayer we make here are now presented before God in golden vials that are full of odor. And this comes in the, in the presence of God and they are answered. And so, and they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou was slain and has redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and has made us unto our God kings and priests. So every one of us have been made kings and priests and that's because of the thing that Jesus died to do. He died to make, he died to make us kings and he died to make us priests so that we can reign on the earth. So we are going to reign on the earth because he has given to us the sons of men, the earth. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousands and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, what is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Again, I say it again. Saying with a loud voice, What is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing? And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, which and, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing, and honor, and glory, and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb forever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. What are we doing? Let's go back to verse 12, which is our theme scripture. Verse 12. What is the Lamb that was slain to receive power? and riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. And I told you, I remember in the last week's lessons, that it is important that we know that we were slain with Jesus, and we rose with him. And this is what we must build our life about. This is what Christianity is about. That we died with Jesus and we rose with him. It is to commemorate this that we partake in baptism. So this is one of the significance of baptism. That we died with Jesus and we rose with him. We were buried with him and we rose with him. Now how do I know this? Let's go to the book of Colossians chapter 2. Colossians 2. Colossians 2. I read from verse 11. The Bible says... Uh, let me start from verse 10. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. 
in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye have risen with him through the faith of the oppression of God who had raised him up from the dead. So we were buried with him in baptism. That is the significance of baptism. We were buried with Jesus in baptism and then we rose with him in, uh, when we were dipped out from the water or when we are brought out, we rose with him and that commemorates or that signifies the power of our sonship and our inheritance in God. And so this is further buttressed in Galatians 2.20 it says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live, I live by this faith. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So the life we live is the life that is commemorating with the life of the Son of God. So we live the life that is buried in the Son of God. We live by the faith of the Son of God. And so, Romans chapter 6, verse 3 says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that as like Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. So we were buried with Jesus and we rose with him so that we can begin to walk in the newness of life. And what is that newness of life? The newness of life is now the new phase or the significance, the, the, the significant openings that the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus has made available for us. And so when we were buried with him and we came out and become these new people that are now open to the new life, we begin to walk according to the benefits of the death and the resurrection of Jesus. So we were buried with Christ in baptism and we were raised with him. And because we are raised up with him, we have access to everything he has access to. And this is why the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8 verse 17 that we are joint heirs with Jesus. What does that mean? That what Jesus owns, we own. So we are joint heirs with him. And in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 2, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the heir of all things. The Amplified Version says he's the lawful owner of everything. And if Jesus is the lawful owner of everything, it means that we also, since we are joined heads with him, if he is the lawful owner of everything, what does that mean? That we also are the what? The lawful owner of everything. So by default of our new birth, we are heirs of God and joined heads with Christ. We have the same right. The same inheritance, the same office that Jesus occupies. He has given us power to assess the benefits of. He has given us the, the privilege to assess the benefits of it. So we have the same access as Jesus. Now, back to Revelation chapter 5 verse 12. He died to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessings now last week we talked about power and i remember i spoke to you about the extent to which a believer should understand the kind of power that he carries and how you can move from the power that god has given to you to begin to experience the kind of life and have dominion over every jurisdiction that he commands you to occupy till he comes now this week we are looking at what riches Riches are your inheritance in God. Riches are your inheritance in God. So the 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 the, 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 the sorry analogy of, 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 of the body of Christ today is that the church over the years, especially in this part of our world, has been seen as a very bad example of poverty in the sense that. They even go as far as defining or explaining a Christian. They define a Christian or explain a Christian to be as poor as a church rat. 
It is not God's will for his people to live in poverty. It is never God's will for his people to live in poverty. And for, 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 for many years, we see preachers, we see people who claim to be born again believers, who claim to be sons and daughters of God, who cannot even afford good meal every day. And they claim to be worshipping God. But this is not God's will. And the thing is that the devil has confused their minds to believe that it is even more righteous to live in poverty than to live in wealth. But this is not God's will. This is never God's will. God wants his church to be glorious. God wants me and you to have access to wealth. God wants me and you to enjoy inheritance, to enjoy graces, to enjoy power, to enjoy everything that his name can provide so it is not our it is not our place or it is not our destiny to be poor because we want to serve god that's a lie from the devil that thank god the church currently is working against and so we have men that are now rising from the church and they're making men and we can see that you don't have to be in the world to prosper god is the god of prosperity and so there is no prosperity without God. So it is God that has the essence of prosperity. The essence of prosperity is in God. And so today we can see men in the body of Christ prospering. We can see pastors prospering. We can see believers prospering. Living the right kind of life. Living the godly kind of life. Yet prospering in God. Prospering in God. How do we know? The Bible says in, in, in 3 John Chapter 1, verse 2, that beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. God says, I, I want you to prosper. Third John chapter 1, verse 2. I want you to prosper. I wish above things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospered. And that's very important. Why is what, what, what is the prosperity for God about? Now, God wants you to prosper financially. He wants you to be good in your health. But the basic for him is that your soul is prospering. As long as, as you are enjoying this, all this other prosperity, let your soul be prospering. And how can your soul be prospering? You are growing in the knowledge of God. You are growing in the things of God. And that's how your soul is prospering. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, that seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If, if God wanted us poor, Jesus would not have told us that all these other things that men are fighting for will be added unto you. But what is Jesus' basic conviction or is, what is he pointing us to? He said, first of all, develop your soul. Seek first the kingdom and every other thing will be added unto you. So you see the wealth, you see the riches, you see the glory, you see the honor, you see everything I will give to you, but your own is to stay focused on the things of God. This is what God told me. And over and over again, I've heard it from preachers upon preachers upon preachers that the end time church will be very, very wealthy. The end time church, we are, we, we are now in the end time. Now the, we are getting into the end of the end of the time and when Jesus is coming and he's coming very soon but the Lord told me that the church in this era would be very very wealthy now how do I know let's go to the book of Isaiah chapter 61 Isaiah chapter 61 I read from verse 6 in the TLB version I read from verse 6 Isaiah 61 from verse 6. Now, this is what the Lord said. He said, you shall be called priests of the Lord, ministers of our God. You shall be fed with the treasures of the nations and shall glory in their riches. God is saying, instead of shame and dishonor, you shall have a double portion of prosperity and everlasting joy. Now, this is the portion of the church. Glory to God. This is what God is saying to the pastors, to the priests, to the ministers in his house, to the believer, to the one who claims to be a church worker. You know, all these years when I was growing up, I hated to be a prayer warrior. Why? Because I used to see prayer warriors and they would stand like this. And they say they are prayer, they are prayer warriors. 
and you and you you be like prayer warriors. Why? And then they, they, you go to their homes. They cannot even afford food at home, and they claim to be working for God. And the devil convinces them or confuses them to believe that they have to stay poor to worship God. And they say, and they are, that, those are prayer warriors. Let's contribute money for them and give them so that they can eat. Let's buy yam and give them. Let's buy tomato and give them. That is not God's will for his people. That is not God's will for the man who works for him. This is God's will. He says, you, the prayer warrior, you shall be called the priest of the Lord. He says, you, the believer, you, the pastor, you, you shall be called the priest of the Lord. You shall be ministers of our God. And what shall be your portion? He says, you shall be fed with the treasures of the nations. That's how powerful your life should be. That you shall be fed with the treasures of nations and you shall glory in their riches. So it means that the wealth of nations shall be your portion. There's a current move that's happening in the body of Christ and it will get stronger even in these last days. It is the wealth transfer. That's going to be another topic for another day. But the wealth transfer is a very big move that the kingdom of God will see in these last days because Jesus is coming and we have lots of work to do. There are over 8 billion people in the world and not even up to 3 billion people are Christians. So we have lots of work to do. And Jesus is coming soon. And that's why he's raising men now. And currently in this dispensation, God is raising lots of prophets, lots of apostles, lots of teachers, lots of pastors, lots of evangelists for the end time work. Kingdom generals, God are raising them at this time in the backside of life. Very soon you begin to see them in the backside of life. And so God says, you shall glory you shall glory in the riches of nations. And instead of shame and dishonor, you shall have a double portion of prosperity and everlasting joy. A double portion of prosperity. So that, that is not just small money. It is a double portion of prosperity. And a double portion is not times two. A double portion is 100 plus 100. So you are, you are doubling it. It folds and it doubles. It folds and it doubles. It folds and it doubles. That's a double portion. Now, so this is the portion of the church. It is the portion of me and you that we have access. We are to be fed with the treasures of nations. That's why I said, do you remember, I'm only saying this, that we are going to nations of the world to preach the gospel. And in those nations, we shall be fed by the treasures of nations. We shall be fed with the treasures of nations. Now, we have rights to the wealth of nations, something you must remember. Riches are our inheritance. So, if you think it is a sin to live well, listen, if you think, if, if, maybe you are listening to this message and you think that ah, this person is appealing to greed. No, no, no. This is not greed. This is growth. If you are calling this greed, then it means that you are still living in the low life because greed is an attribute of the low life. Greed is an attribute of the low life. This is growth. So, if you think it is a sin, to live a good life on earth. If you think God does not want you to live a good life on earth so that you will not forget, forget him, because that's basically what they preach in churches, and God does not, God is punishing you, or God is not wanting to give you the money so that you will not forget him and everything. That's, 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 that's the mentality of the low life. Then if you that we forget God when you get, when you, when you get small money, then you means you don't know, you don't know anything about life. And if you think it is a sin for you to be rich, then you cannot cope in heaven. What did Jesus say? Jesus said in, Ma- in John 14, 2. He says, In my father's house, there are many mansions. What does that mean? When you hear of mansion, what comes to mind? Big. Does a mansion have the kind of squabble's bathroom that we had in Bagada? Does a mansion have a little sized bathroom? Does a mansion have heat everywhere? A mansion is characterized by something big. And it is an evidence of wealth. So everywhere you see mansion, you know the person who builds the mansion is wealthy. So when God, when Jesus said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. Not just one, no, many mansions. For you to see that heaven where you are going to, if you have a poverty mentality here, you cannot cope in heaven. 
You cannot survive there. You say, ah, no, 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 no. You cannot survive there. Okay. In, in the book of Revelation chapter 21, the Bible tells us about the new Jerusalem, which is patterned and brought forth out of heaven. Now, this new, this patterns that the Bible speaks about has streets of gold. The foundations are made with precious stones. Name it burials, jasper, emerald, sapphire, different kind of precious stones. So you begin to see this in the gate, made with pearl. That's in heaven. That's the significant, the replica of heaven that God will bring on earth, the new Jerusalem. So, what would you do when you get to heaven and you see streets of gold? You say, Jesus, no, 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 Jesus, this is a sin. Heaven should not be this beautiful. Heaven, heaven, no, heaven is too beautiful. It should not be this beautiful. We were taught on earth that um, God does not want us to be wealthy. He wants us to be poor and suffer so that we can make heaven. And when you go to heaven, you can't survive. So, wake up. Why? Wake up because God wants you blessed. He died so that me and you can become rich. He died so that we can have access to wealth and enjoy riches. That is what Jesus died for. So, it is our right to be wealthy. Say riches. Say with me. Say riches Riches. are my inheritance. Say it again. Say louder. Say riches. Are my, are my inheritance. So it is God's will for you to be rich. Turn with me to the book of Psalm chapter 112. Psalm 112. I pray this scripture on my life. <laughs> Can't count for how many years, <laughs> but I know it's more than three years that I pray this scripture on my life. I read from verse 1. The Bible says that blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. I believe this is talking about me and you. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighted greatly in his commandments. That man, his seed shall be mighty upon the earth. His generation, because he's an upright man, shall be blessed. Now, verse 3 is where I'm going. It says, wealth and riches shall be in his house. And his righteousness endureth forever. Now he says, wealth and riches shall be in his house. This is our inheritance in God. If you don't know, you don't know. And that's how the devil cheats men out of their inheritance in God. He does not make you know the things you have rights to. If our fathers and our progenitors knew all these things, they would have worked in wealth and built a generational wealth that would have sustained the next generation and sustained the next generation. But then, fathers were only particular about serving God and not knowing that even in the salvation package, you had divine health, you have wealth, you have all the things that God wanted you to have. Jesus did not just die to give us salvation. He died so that me and you can live life filled with divine health. He died so that we can have access to wealth and riches in our house. For many years, I told my children, I told my wife, every morning, we speak these words over. In our house, we move around. When we had nothing, we started the principle. We moved, When our house was empty, it was empty, we moved around the house. And we begin to touch the areas of the house. And we begin to declare that wealth and riches are in our house. Wealth and riches are in our house. We began to speak the words. And the Bible says that so mightily grew the word of God that it prevailed. It will prevail. So, God wants me and you to have wealth and riches in our house. But do you know why you haven't seen wealth and riches in your house? It is because you have not been taught right. Firstly, it is not a sin to be wealthy. It is not a sin. It is not a sin for you to have access to riches. Whoever taught you that it is a sin or that it will take you away from God, it's not true. It is not a sin for you to have wealth. It is not. Now, there is this analogy that people say, ah, money is the root of all evil. Money is not the root of all evil. The Bible did not say money is the root of all evil. The Bible did not say money is the First Timothy chapter 6. First Timothy chapter 6. 
Are we there? First Timothy chapter 6, I read from verse 10, or I read verse 10. The Bible says that for the love of money is the root of all evil. So the Bible says that for the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money, but the love of it. And what does that love mean? Now, the word love there is, is significant of what we call greed for money. So it replicates greed for money. And again, I told you earlier on that the greed, when you, wherever you see greed, wherever you see strife, wherever you see envy, wherever you see jealousy, those are attributes of the low life. Come up here. Live from the inside out. When you live from the inside out, you will not be moved by greed. You will not be moved by jealousy. You will not be moved by envy. You will not be moved by strife. So the love for money, the love of money is the root of all evil. So the greed for money, you want to make money by all means, whether it's by... No! That's not godly. So, money is not the root of all evil, but the love of money, which is the greed for money, that's the root of all evil. That's the word avarice. It is the love for money that makes you get into what you're not supposed to get into. That's how you see young boys. They say they are Yahoo boys or whatever they call them. And then you see them say they use their mother for sacrifice. They use their father for sacrifice. They, 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 they use their friends for sacrifice just because of money. And the money that they get will not last. But the money that God gives you, the Bible says that it brings wealth without painful toil for it. The Bible says in King James Version that it adds no sorrow. So what is God's view? That you have money. You have good health. You have prosperity of your soul. You look at your children, they are making progress. You look at your family, they are doing well. You look at everything around you, everything is going well and staying godly. That is godly prosperity. That is the comprehensive prosperity. That is the kind of prosperity I'm talking about and the kind of prosperity I want to live in, I want to walk in. That's the kind of prosperity that when I look at my children and I see them and I see the greatness in them. And I look at where I'm coming from and I, and I look at where I am now and I can tell that this is the difference in the things that God is doing. So, it is the love of money that is the root of all evil. Now, I, again, which is the third point? Prayer does not make you rich. That is why, again, all the prayer warriors we saw in our past lives were all poor people. Because they thought that by prayer, they will pray themselves into prosperity. You, prayer cannot, you cannot pray prayer into prosperity. Now, that's not under, underscoring the place of prayer. Prayer is very important because it connects you to the source. But in the kingdom of God, things operate by principle. For many years, I was a Christian and I claimed to be a Christian. And I even sacrificed everything, including my family, just to do the things that I was supposed to do. But then I was not getting the kind of result I'm supposed to get in life. Why? Because in God's kingdom, Everything functions by principles, by principles. And the moment you discover the principle and you follow the principle, you are moving forward. So when I discover the principle of moving forward in life and I stop with it, and I'm moving forward. And I have been moving forward consistently ever since. So prayer does not make you rich. Very important. So if you like pray. Be praying now from now, pray that lock yourself in the room and be praying, God, money, uh, money, I want to be rich. No, that's not the way to get kingdom wealth. How do you get kingdom wealth? You get kingdom wealth through something that is called the principle of sowing and reaping. That is the only assured way of accessing wealth in the kingdom. Prosperity in the kingdom is attained to the principle of sowing and reaping. Now, it doesn't end there. When you sow and reap, when you sow and you reap. Now, what is the next thing? God then opens your eyes to what Oral Roberts called ideas, concepts, and insights that you would apply on earth and that will bring you great wealth. You begin to see things clearly. Insights into the things that you need to see. And then you become very wealthy in life. Very wealthy. So money comes in the kingdom of God through the principle of sowing and reaping. So it is your right 
to have wealth. It is your heritage to have wealth and riches in your house. So it is when you sow and you reap that money comes into your house. So when you pray, good, you have prayed, good, go and sow. Then you can come back to pray and then begin to expect your harvest. Because the Bible says that is seed, time, and harvest. In between seed and, and harvest, there is what we call time. That time can be your time to stand in faith. It can be your time to pray and speak words. But don't just pray. Make sure you have sown something. Then you can come into time. And then that time, you are standing in faith. You are expecting what that you have sowed. Because you are sowed, you must reap. Now, I was sowing many years ago and sowing and sowing and sowing, gave all my salaries at first fruit, did this, did that. Nothing was working. And then I read a book by Ora Roberts called Attack Your Lack. Many years ago. And in the book, I saw why I was not receiving from God. Oh, I would just give and I was not standing in faith to expect my returns. So Ora Roberts taught me from the times that you need to stand in faith and expect your, 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 your harvest. And then he even went on to say that he sold, he, he, he sold his tithe as a seed. So that he can have returns from God everywhere. Oh, no wonder this man is prosperous. And again, I, I, I must see evidence in your life before I begin to follow you. Because if you want to teach me something, if, let me see it in your life. If he's working in your life, then I can follow you. Then I looked at him and like, man, this man is prosperous. This man must know what he's saying. And I began to do it. Doing it only two months. My life changed. My life changed. Only two months. Only two months. My life changed. At some point, if I, before, I read it, before I read this, I had nothing. I was, okay, sitting down. I needed a plastic chair in my room. A plastic chair in my house. I didn't have a plastic chair. I had to believe God. Be, I sowed a seed. Then I decided that, okay, God, this is the first place I want to start from. I want to believe you for a plastic chair in my house. The chair was 4004 It was the most beautiful chair at the time. They had other chairs that they were selling for 2000 plus or 1000 plus. I didn't want that one. I want this plastic chair. It's fine. It's white. It's currently in my room now. And I used it in my order. This chair is fine. It's white. I want this chair. I want this chair in my house. And I began to pray to God. God, give 4,000 naira. I could not afford. But I was a praying Christian. I was, but I didn't know the principles. And then the Lord told me that, okay, this is what you do. So and I began to learn from Ora Roberts and from other people that God used to teach me. They're like, this is what you need to do. And I said, oh. So and I stood for it. I heard men like B. Winston saying that he, the, where he started, was that he believed God for a necktie. He, he, he didn't have money to buy a tie. He was not believing God for a tie to begin. And that's where, that's how God works. He starts you from somewhere. I hear people say, eh, I'm waiting to start my company. When, eh, uh, how, much, how much are you looking for? You're looking for one billion naira to start the company. You're on your own. You will never get there. Why? Because in God, there is always the place of little beginnings. That's how the Bible says that do not despise your days of little beginnings. And I, 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 I paid the dues. I started there. I started from the days of little things. And then I, I got it. Oh, I got the plastic chair. Wow, God, thank you. Then the next thing, I learned again from another man, Bill Winston, saying that your faith must not be idle. Get it to work. If you get one thing, get your faith to another thing. If you get another thing, get your faith. And in fact, at some point, put your faith here and put your faith here and be believing God for the two things. Oh, okay, okay. And I began, okay, the next thing, I have a plastic chair now. Let me believe God for a TV set. And I don't want any kind of TV set. I want a big flat screen TV in my house. And I began to believe God for it. And I sold. And I began to believe God. And I began to believe God. And I began to do everything that I And now, how will God bless you? He gives you what Ora Roberts calls ICIs. Ideas, concepts, and insights. So, it's not like you go and sew. And you go and sit down on the chair. And pack your leg. And, 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 and cross your leg. And be and I have sold seeds for God. I'm waiting for God. And you are not working. Or you are folding, you are folding your hand and you hunger will kill you. God must meet you doing something. So, when I see eyes, God started giving me ideas from, from the blues. Ideas just started coming. Things that I never imagined I could do, I started doing them. There are many things that I do now that I never learned. I never learned it from any man. 
those were revelation knowledge. And thank God for men like Bill Winston who taught me these things. And I began to see that you can actually stay and you have never learned anything. But God can pour it on you and you just start up from there. So I have never done many things before. And I began to do them. And they began to bring me money. And they began to bring me money. And then I run this organization that is currently headquartered in many African nations. And doors started opening because of the ideas that God was giving me. And money started coming because I have understood the principle of sowing and what? Reaping. So if you like, pray one million times. If you have not sown, you cannot reap in the kingdom of God. That's a principle. So be faithful in what you do in the kingdom of God. Be very faithful in what you do in the kingdom of God. So, if you have prayed, so, and when you are so, so the Bible says seed, time, and harvest. So, seed, give to God financially. You must give financially to God for you to expect from God. You must give financially to God for you to expect from God. Then, time is the next thing. Now, the time, what should you do? In that time, you are praying. In that time, you are staying in faith. Why? Because it is important that you sow in faith, you stay in faith, and you finish in faith. So, start in faith, stay in faith, and then finish in faith. So, in that time, you are waiting with God. You are believing strongly. You are expecting your good news. And then the last time, harvest will come. And then the moment the harvest comes, don't eat your seed. Sow again. Do you understand that? So you sow again, and then you keep getting. You sow again. You keep going. You keep going progressively because the Bible says that the path of the just is as the shining light that shining brighter and brighter, more and more, more and more, more and more, brighter and brighter, brighter and brighter, till the latter days, the perfect day, which I believe is either the day Jesus comes for me. It is either the day Jesus comes or the day I go to meet Jesus. But as long as I'm on this earth, I must be shining brighter and brighter. I must be shining more and more. Very important. So, turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 45. I read from verse 1. Isaiah 45. Thus said the Lord to his anointed, to cheat the eyeful. You can put your name there. Thus said the Lord to his anointed, to cheat the eyeful, whose right hand he has holding up, to subdue nations before me, and to lose the loins of kings for my sake, to open before me the two-lived gates, and the gates shall never be shut. Now, the Lord says, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. Verse 3 is where I'm going and that's what the Lord is saying to me and you. He says, I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places. So that you may know that I, the Lord, which call you by, by name, I am the God of Israel. I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places. Now, even, even the hidden riches are your inheritance. And what are the even and what are the hidden riches? They are the things that are not exposed, they are the unexploited areas. God has given you access to them. Those are part of your inheritance. It is not God's will for you to be a Christian and be broke. And be arguing, arguing, mad. You are a Christian, your family cannot feed. And I like the story of Evie Hill and his mom. Evie Hill is a Evie Hill is a very popular man in America. Now, at some point, his father died. And his mother had him and his other siblings. And she had nothing. She was a widow. She could not take care of her children. But she wanted the best life for them. And she was a strong woman of faith. So what did she do? She will stay strong in what she has heard in the church and then she will come home and say, my son must go to school. Who was his son? Evie Hill. 
my son must go to school. And then guess what? No money. And the church people will come and say, uh, Sister Hill, uh, let me tell you, your husband is dead. Um, there's no need for you to worry yourself. Your children, just take care of them, whether they go to school or not. Let them just survive. That's basically the thing that you need now, not even school. And she says, no. No. My son must go to school. So she worked out in primary school, worked out in secondary school. And in primary school, the boy became first. Again, he was the only one in class. Secondary school, he became first. Again, he was the only one in class. Now, university time happened. And no money anywhere. And the woman, after saving all her money, I think it was about $16 or $1,600. I can't remember exactly how much. She wrapped up and gave his son. And said, son, this is the only money I have everywhere in my life. But I believe strongly that you must go to school. And I have sown. I have sown seeds. And I believe God strongly that you must go to school. So take this money and go to school. Now the boy has gained admission. School fees is way more than what, in fact, a million times more than what his mom gave him. So he had to choose school. I think it was $16 or so. I can't remember exactly how much, but this is many years ago. So he stood. He stood in the place where they were supposed to pay for school fees. And that was like the last day to register. And he stood after these days, many days, nothing. He was just believing God. But why did he not doubt? Why was he standing in the place to register? Even when he knew that his mother did not have money to pay for him. And he knew that his mother never even came here to pay. But he was standing in the line and he was the last person. And then as people were do, as they were answering them, people were going away. He was going forward. He was going forward. It was almost his turn. He was crying. He was believing God. If he wants to cry and he wants to leave the line. He remember what his mother told, told him. I will be praying for you. You must go to school. I will be praying for you. And he says the only reason why he stayed in the line. When I heard this, I cried. He said the only reason why I stayed in the line was because I heard my mother many times say, I will be praying for you. And every time she says, I will be praying for you or I prayed for you, miracle happens. So if he wants to leave the line because he knows he doesn't have the money, he will hear, I will be praying for you. So he stays back in the line. Many times when they were growing up, according to him, they would have no food. His mom would say, bring plates. Arrange the plates on the table. And she will pray. And she will pray and she will leave. And she will tell them to go inside. And then go inside. The next thing, some hours later or some time later, God will come in the form of an angel and hit the door. Bah, bah, bah. And they will open the door. Guess what happens? Sack of foodstuff. Not small foodstuff. Sack of foodstuffs. Because God does not give you something that just God gives you to an overflow. If it is not to an overflow, then it is not God. So God gives them sack of foodstuffs. And they will bring it home. They will cook and eat. Miracle. They don't know who dropped it. They did not see anybody. They will just, when somebody not, blah, 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 and they will go there. He said over and over again that's happened. No food in the house. Mama will pray and then she goes out and then by the time she go, we all, we all go in rather. And by the time we stay for time, maybe some two hours, three hours, depending on time, somebody comes to knock on the door. And by the time we are getting to the door, we don't find anybody, but we find food stuff in the front of the house. See, there is nothing faith cannot do. There is nothing the principle of sowing and reaping cannot do. So, what did Evie Hill do? Standing in the line. Now it was almost his turn to, 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 to register. He said, by this time, my heart was shaking. My heart was panting because I know I don't have the money. The money my mama gave me, I used it to enter moto and come. And I used it to eat all the, before she came. I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. But I stayed in the line. Why? Because I believed mama when she said that I would be praying for you. Only for him to, it, it was almost his turn. One person before him, and then he'll be the last person. And then he said, some gentlemen came dressed in suits and came and tapped him. Are you Evie Hill? He said, yes, I am Evie Hill. He told him, get out of the line. He, he wanted to start crying like, God, help me. This is what will send me away. He said, but my mama says, the, are you Evie Hill? He says, yes, get out of the line. He said, no, 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 no. My mommy says I should stay here. Are you Evie Hill? And he said, yes. Now, get out of the line. He now, get, he now got out of the line. Out of anger. He was crying. Then they gave him a foul. 
Only for him to open the farm. His school fees from year one to the final year have been paid. From year one to the final year, I've been all his books, everything. I've been paid. The people that did it, he didn't know. Because his mother said, I will be praying for you. That's how powerful the faith of a mother can be. And I told you, remember the story of Jochebed, the mother of Moses. It was because of Jochebed's faith that Moses had a good future and a bright life. Not because of the father. The father, I don't know. But the mother had a very strong faith. And she was the one who said, my son would enter this water and the spirit of God would move his basket to the area where Moses' daughter is going to bathe. And Moses' daughter, will see him, instead of killing him, I speak words that Moses' daughter will like my son and will carry him. And Moses' daughter will call me to come and take care of my son in her house. And she will pay me money to take care of my own son in her own house. Jochebed was a woman that was mad. She was out of this world. So she had faith, strong faith, that these things that I have said must happen. And they happened. So, Evie Hill's mother, Evie Hill said when he opened the file and he saw his school fees paid from year one to final year, oh God, scholarships upon scholarships, everything he had to bother for was taken care of. He said, there and there I knelt down, I broke down in tears and see my mother died. I never doubted her word one day. I never doubted it. Why? Because when she told me, her son, I will be praying for you. She knew that mama's prayer never goes back void. And that's what the Bible says in Isaiah 55 verse 11. That so shall your words be which come out of your mouth. It shall not return to you void. But it shall accomplish in the thing whereunto you sent it. And it shall deliver. That's how powerful your word can be. When I heard the story of Evie Hill. Oh God. I cried. I cried. Immediately. I, I made research about the man. I was like, oh. He became very prosperous because of his mother's faith. Because of his mother's faith, Evie Hill became one of the most prosperous Americans in the history of America. He became a preacher because you cannot have that kind of encounter and that kind of mother and you don't become a preacher. But this is very important. The significance of faith the significance of sowing and reaping in the kingdom of God. So, the prosperity plan of God does not respond to any other thing but the principle of sowing and reaping. So, you must be a faithful tither. Very important to tithe. Forget these nonsense discussions. Uh, should I tithe? Should I not tithe? Just tithe. It doesn't cost you anything to give money to somebody. So just take it as a seed you are sowing. So, if you pay your tax, you should not be asking questions whether or not you should tithe. That's madness. So, don't be part of all these discussions of whether I should tithe or whether I should not tithe. I feel it's poverty that make people ask those kind of questions. If you are really wealthy, you don't ask whether you will tithe or not. You will just tithe because you don't see that anything going out of you. So, that's very important, even though you are not wealthy. But then, tight. Very important. Do your tightening. Do your tightening. Very important. So, sow into the kingdom of God. The moment I discovered this, what did I do? I began to sow. Every time. Every time. Oh, God. I got an opportunity in different currencies. I sowed. Every time I got an opportunity, I will sow. In different currencies, I will sow. I was sowing and sowing, speaking words, believing, sowing. But I believe that wherever, wherever I sow my seed matters. So I was now choosing about where I sow my seeds so that I can get the kind of result that I want to get in life. So you sow. And if you sow, you reap. If you sow in God, you reap. So if you like pray one million times, if you have not sown, you will die in poverty. That's why all the prayer warriors we had that time, prayer warriors, prayer warriors, prayer warriors, all of them hunger, finish them. Why? Because they were not sowing. The kingdom of God answers to the principles of sowing and reaping if you want to be prosperous. If you want to be prosperous. Abraham offered a tithe to Melchizedek. 
if you want to be prosperous, you must be a person that gives. You must be a person that gives. So, now, because of the fact that I started to follow this proven principle, I began to see a change in my life, began to see a change in my level. Now, you, should, you must remember that God wants us blessed. And this is why I encourage you today to begin to follow through in the act of sowing and reaping. Find a true house of God and sow to kingdom advancement. Sow in faith. Sow expecting to receive and there will be mind-blowing testimonies. If you sow in faith and if you sow expecting to receive, there will be mind-blowing testimonies that you will get. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs 10.22 that the blessing of the Lord it maketh rich. The blessing of the Lord, it does what? It maketh rich. So, the blessing will bring you wealth. So, one of the reasons why the blessing is upon your life is to make you rich. So, the blessing will bring you wealth. Abraham had the blessing of God upon his life and he was very wealthy. God blessed him. Men and women favored him. Kings gave him gifts. The story of a king who wanted to sleep with his wife and the Lord came to the king Abimelech at night and said, you, you, you want to sleep with my, my servant's wife? You want to sleep with Abraham's wife? You are but a dead man. And the man was like, God, I didn't know that it's his wife. He told me that it's his sister. And why did Abraham say it was his sister? Because Abraham at the time had not gone further in faith with God and he was afraid that they were going to kill him because of Sarah's beauty. And then the Lord said, that's my prophet. That's not his wife. That's not his sister. It's his wife. So don't ever try to sleep with her. So this is what you do. Giving gifts. And the man packed shekels of silver and gold and then gave to Abraham. Just to say, I'm sorry. Please, man of God, you can go. So that's how powerful the blessing is. That's how powerful the blessing can be. So Abraham was entreated because of the sake of his wife. Now, that's very important. We must remember that the blessing of God can bring power of riches to our life. Can bring power and riches to our life. Now, why do we need the riches in the last days? Why do we need riches in the last days? Why do we need riches in the last days? I've just told you. Because Jesus is coming and there's a lot of work to be done on earth. We have to clean up the airways and prepare souls for his soon coming. And this will take lots of money. The world population just entered 8 billion. And according to rankings and statistics, Christians in the world are not even up to 3 billion. So it means that we have lots of people to convert. Lots of people. The work is much. And there is no more time. Why? Because Jesus is coming and he's coming soon. So we need more money this time to do more for God. That's why there will be wealth transfer in these last days. That's why there will be massive flow of wealth. In the body of Christ, that's why there will be different things, and those who are connected. And that's basically what I'm called to preach in this last days to pioneer the gospel of inheritance. You must remember, you must remember. So, we are blessed with riches so that we can finance the gospel of Christ in these last days and we can be a blessing to others. I realized that one of the reasons why God was blessing me was not for me to be eating the money only or with my family only. So I decided to spread my tentacles. I begin to give people every month. Now, before, every month, I even barely survived. So not to talk of even helping people. But now, every month, I send money to this person, send money to this person, send money to... As the little, little that I can, I can. And then I keep progressing. God keeps expanding my course. And I keep progressing. And God keeps expanding my course. And then we keep doing more. Why? Not because I have so much, but because of the principle of the Bible that says there is he that scatters. And what, when he scatters, what does he do? He increases. 
So when you scatter your wealth, God will keep blessing you. God is not blessing you so that you will be stingy with it and be eating with your family only. You just die. But he's blessing you so that you can be a blessing to his kingdom and you can be a blessing to the people around you. When you see poor people around you, how, how, how do you treat them? You see somebody who are not eating from morning to night and is asking you for food or you see a widow and her children around you and you, even if it's even if it's as little as you can offer, just help, support. You should be a blessing to people around you. And so, basically one of the reasons why I had to leave some of my networks because at the time, I, I was, nobody was thinking about being a blessing to another person. Everybody was just thinking about who will be a blessing to me. And I'm like, no, I don't want to live like this for the rest of my life. I don't want to live in a circle where I have to be dependent on somebody else to bless me. I want to also be in the position where I have to bless others. I want to be able at some point in my life to be able to lend money to nations. To be able to give money to a country and say, use it to help yourself. That's what I want to be able to do. And so I decided that this circle, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to break out of it and become a blessing to others instead of having to wait and fighting amongst ourselves so that we can receive the blessing of one person. No! That's not God's will. It's not. So, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 14, what does the Bible say? The Bible says that whatsoever God doeth is forever. It shall be forever. So, God is not giving you wealth. He's not giving you riches so that it will last only in your lifetime. Listen, the money God is giving you the blessings that he blessing you is not just for your lifetime. No, that is not God. When God blesses a man, he blesses him with generational wealth. He blesses him with something that would outlast him. Something that would live beyond him. So what God does, he does forever. When Abraham died, who inherited his wealth and his blessing? Isaac. When Isaac died, who inherited his wealth and his blessings? Jacob. Esau also had a, frac- a fraction of it, but Jacob was a major inheritor. Now, when Jacob died, we inherited his blessing and everything. Joseph. Now, it moved on like that. It moved on like that. But you, as a father, the Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his what? For his children's children. So, I want to be that kind of father that when I am no more, my children my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, my great-great-grandchildren can still follow and say, this is what grandfather did for us. This is what great-grandfather did for us. These are the inheritance that our great-grandfather left for us. That is who a good man should be. So God is not giving you wealth only to live within your lifetime. No. He wants to move you to create a wealth that will last for generations. So, Riches are your inheritance. Don't let anybody tell you less. It is God's will for you to prosper. And that is why the Bible says in 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, that, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So God wants you to prosper financially as long as you are prospering in your soul. So make money, but be prospering in your soul. That's why Jesus said, remember I told you earlier, that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And it did not stop there. It would have been easy for Jesus to just say, only don't pursue all these other things. Just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Forget other things. But Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. The heaven." Even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth has He given to the sons, the children of men. For the children of men don't even know that God has given them the earth. And they are suffering, they are ordering, they are mad. When, when, when God put the blessing upon men, when He created man, He said five words that constitute the blessing of God upon the life of the man. He said, Be fruitful, multiply, in, um, replenish the earth subdue the earth and have dominion over the fish of the sea 
over the fowl of the air and over every creeping thing that over the birds of the over the um, fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the land. So you are supposed to be in charge of everything that is in the earth, even the wealth of the nations. So when the Bible says in 3 John 3 2 that above all things around me is prosper and be in health, even as a soul prosper. The Greek word for the word prosper there is yodo. And it means to succeed in reaching your goal. To have a prosperous life journey. This is God's will for me and you. To have an expected end. May the Lord bless us in the name of Jesus. Let's begin to speak in other tongues. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you are blessed. We upload new messages every week to keep you inspired and strengthened in faith. Call us today on 0909-632-5899. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our channel. God bless you.